it, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people and I've played some too. And there's one thing I know, people like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all making? Alright, uh, Spudcast podcast here. Got Carl Arredondo coming up to talk to you, not only about what he's been up to lately, but also why were they so off the mark in uh, in tracking Hurricane Sally? They were right on, pretty much right on it with Laura, uh, pretty much right on it with Katrina. They've been getting better, but they've been getting worse. So we'll talk about that. But first, this. Spud here. Did you know 70% of the 240 top-selling CBD products online not only have lead, they got arsenic, they got pesticides, they got toxic mold. Quit fooling around and get the only CBD product guaranteed to be 100% organic by the USDA. SunMed CBD products from your CBD store. They're on Magazine Uptown, on Vets in Metri, and on Manhattan in Harvey. They have in-store specials, or you can order online at yourcbdstorenola.com. Use the promo code WELCOME. Get 10% off your entire order. All right, so we're on the uh, we're, we're talking here on the Spudcast with uh, former chief meteorologist of uh, WWL TV, the world famous Carl Arredondo. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, Spud, good to talk to you. How are you? Did you know you were world famous, Carl? I did not know that. Thank <laughs> you very much. I appreciate that. Well, you know, I mean, hey, with the internet, you know, it's like this is coming out over the internet and Facebook and every. I mean, people who look. After Katrina, especially, people were tuning in online to Channel 4, to our conversations on radio, trying to stay in touch with New Orleans. I got a bunch of people way outside the city limits who listen to this podcast. So, you know, in a sense, <laughs> you're world famous. Just not, We're just not hugely world. We're not John Wayne world famous, nothing like that. Okay. Well, I can add that on my resume then, world famous. Yeah, go ahead. Put me as a reference. I'll tell them. That's, I'm cool. yeah. What the hell? Carl, yeah. Absolutely. Carl, World, world famous dude, world famous. <laughs> First off, how how are you doing? Uh, we were supposed to hook up uh, yesterday, and uh, I had some things happen, and then we couldn't talk uh, in the afternoon. I couldn't call you later because you had like webinars and all kinds of such. So, dude, since you left Channel Four, I mean, it's not like you've been sitting on your laurels or letting grass grow. No, I wish I was. I, I don't mind being bored. This uh, COVID's kind of kept me, you know, content at home a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, as as many of you know, I left uh, Channel 4 and I joined Lighthouse Louisiana. And the goal there was they wanted me to become an orientation and mobility specialist. And that is somebody that teaches how to use the white cane to someone who was low vision or blind to get around and travel safely and independently on their own. So I've been in school since last summer, and I'm in my final stage, which is my internship, where I'm trying to get these teaching hours in, but COVID's kind of threw a, a wrench in that. So my my travel to Lafayette to a residential facility that houses uh, older blind and, um, and low vision adults has been closed. So I'm waiting for them to open, but in the meantime, I'm trying to get these teaching hours in with Lighthouse. It's just that we don't have that many opportunities for me to teach there uh, with the number of students we have and, of course, with COVID going on. But I'm slowly making my way to finishing this internship so that I can take my test to be certified and be an official uh, uh, certified orientation and mobility specialist for Lighthouse. So there's a lot of webinars and schoolwork that I'm still doing in the meantime to uh, gain those hours. So that's what I was doing a lot yesterday and even this morning. So um, having that to keep me busy. That's pretty busy. I got a friend. I mean, 
uh, one of my best friends from college, uh, Perry Martin, who's directed me in Kingfish and Earl Long and Christmas Carol and bunches of other stuff. I mean, he had he had basically crappy eyesight when I met him. I mean, they have written volumes about his eyes. The, uh-huh. you, yeah. And uh, so anyway, he's uh, he's down to a cane, too. Uh, he unfortunately has had a couple of other uh, medical mishaps, but he's, you know, this guy's like a cockroach, man. You can't, you you have to step <laughs> on him to stop him. I mean, he has directed me. He's still trying to direct theater, but he's also converting a play that he's directed many times, written by a friend of ours, Ann Galjur. It's a play called Okra, and he's converting it into a screenplay. And uh, he's got some interests in Hollywood, so he's working on that. But it's like, dude, you're 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 a blind coon ass theater director. <laughs> you with only one really good hand since you had a stroke, and it's like, but you know, there you go. So it's it, yeah. it's it's a it's a whole attitude thing, I guess. Because me, I'm lazy, so if I could get away with it, I wouldn't even bother learning the cane stuff. Yeah, no, no, it is an attitude. Uh, you know, you have to adapt, you have to improvise, and you have to keep moving forward. So that's basically the um, mentality you have to have with the. Uh, you you know losing any one of your senses or any kind of impairment, so you don't want to just crawl up in a ball and and hide at home. So you want to keep going and moving forward. So you find a way to do that. Now, okay. So congrats on that, by the way. I mean, yeah, learning all this kind of stuff. I mean, because because as a as a meteorologist, bottom line, and everything is like sight. You know, it's not just wetting your finger and sticking it out the window. There's a lot Correct. of things involved in it. I mean, uh, and 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 I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure everybody, anytime they talk to you about anything in a hurricane season, they bring up Nash Roberts. I must've seen him 50, 60 times on Facebook you know, <laughs> with, yeah. with his map and his, and his, and his, uh, Mark, sure. you know, sure. but sure. you know, he, he was an icon. You've, you've reached, I think, icon status in, uh, in new Orleans because of your storm predictions and things like that. But I mean, do you, do you miss it? I mean, do you, do you wish, I mean, you know, you're not the type of person from my observations and just from this conversation we've had so far, you're not the type of person to sit there and bitch and boudet about stuff that happened to you, you know? No, so, no. So, but the no. Thing, so you're moving forward, but mm-hmm. that being said, I mean, do you miss not track, being able to track these storms to look at that radar and, you know, open a window and wet your finger and stick it outside? Well, I can, I can still do that at home. I can still, and I followed a lot of it, you know, throughout the uh, last uh, season and this season. But I always told my fellow meteorologists that I worked with, you know, throughout the years that once I retired, you weren't going to see me keep coming back. Because if I retired, I retired and I wasn't going to come back and contradict, you know, my coworkers or contradict someone else. So I wasn't going to do that. So I've tried to stay low for the past two seasons. And and, if, you know, if friends want some advice, I'll give them some advice. But I do watch. I mean, there's no question that I'm watching the computer models and looking at the, uh, you know, the Euro, the GFS and all that and the radars and keeping an eye on things. And so, you know, I still do it. I do it for my friends or somebody that people that ask. But uh, publicly, not that much. And, you know, I, I yeah. just decided once I was done, I was done. I wasn't in it for the fame. I wasn't in it for the attention. I was in it for the information. And now that I've retired from that, there's other people now that will give that information to the public. Yeah, there's a bunch of good people doing this kind of stuff. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, well, I mean, you know, if you still do it, okay, I got two questions. Number one, okay, you still do it. There mm-hmm. are only so many TV meteorologist gigs out there. And there's a Correct. lot more meteorologists than that. I mean, I don't, I don't think you started doing that. 
they got the meteorologist dude who works for NOAA. Uh, mm-hmm. The shot is that his name? And I mean, Ben Shot, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, yep. But there, I mean, there's like insurance companies who hire people like that. There's sure, like, sure. Uh, like uh, you know, uh, charter boat fishermen have organizations. Louisiana Charter Boat Association, you know, I'm sure, sure. they just follow this stuff. But it, could you? And I guess this leads into my next question: Do you have more access to stuff than we do? And since you, you know, were a meteorologist, I mean, do you just rely on the same websites that I can pull up off on my on my thing, NOAA and other things like that? And you just educate and so take a really more accurate guess than the rest of us? Well, most of the stuff that I used at when I was at the station was the same websites I'm using now. I mean, it was all, you know, government websites or university websites. The only difference was the uh, graphics computer system that ingested a lot of that, you know, pretty satellite data. But a lot of that stuff, you know, we use the Internet to get the stuff in, and, and a lot of it's just ingested into those graphic computers. So without those graphic computers, and sure, I could buy one of those on my own, but I don't need to. I'm not going on the air or using them. And, yeah, I could have had my own side business as being a consulting meteorologist and or going into the weather service. But I knew eventually that my vision was going to get even worse than what it was that required me to retire because I have a very small central vision. So I just kind of describe it as if you look through two toilet paper tubes and kind of reduce that even more, that's how I see. I see just what I'm directly looking at Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to move around fast in the studio, looking at the monitors and stuff. That's what, what I noticed I couldn't do as fast as I could because, you know, giving severe weather and hurricane information, you got to be fast with that information, relaying it. And if you're not seeing the whole screen fast enough, you're not giving that information as quick as you can to to the viewers. So you know, at home, I could look at my computer screen. I'm not in a rush to, you know, relay that information. So it's a little different. Sure, I could have continued on as a, a private sector or going into the weather service or something like that. But I, I realized that this that door closed for this new door that I'm doing opening. So I find myself even more passionate about O&M and helping people that are blind and low vision like myself. So, you know, it's it's pretty nice that I was, in my mind, forced to retire from one passion, but I did find another passion. So I'm not, I'm not um, upset or bitter about, you know, leaving the weather field because I found something else that I'm, I'm really enjoying, too. All right. Well, that's cool. That's well, that's what I want to know. I mean, I want to know about you and why uh, why you did or did not do what you did. Uh, I'm going to step away for a couple of minutes here and uh, let the people who help make this show possible have something to say. And then when we come back, we'll continue talking with Carl Arredondo, and we'll talk about these storms and the predictions of them and whether or not you as a meteorologist, I mean, how much say-so do you have uh, when when the the government predicts something and you tell the rest of us and you go, "Mm, I don't know, man, I think it's going to do this. Back with more with uh, Carl Arredondo on the Spudcast podcast right after this. Champ's chicken fries chicken like your momo and your great-grandma used to make back in the 1920s. Cold water dipped in seasoned flour like the old, old days. And their recipe comes from the 70s. So Champ's has the most time-tested flavor for fried chicken you're going to find any place. They ain't fast food. They're good food. Your chicken is fried to order, fresh and hot, waiting for you to pick up or dine in. Chap's Chicken, 206 West Harrison in Lakeview and 3343 Metro Road in Old Mary. Go to lovechapschicken.com or find them at hashtag get chapped. Hey, you know, the first place me and my family go when we need to see a doctor's rapid urgent care. 
I mean, you're in and out of there in like 40 minutes, give or take. And uh, you can spend that much time in an ER just waiting to get triage. From a broken ankle to a bee sting to a COVID test, Rapid Urgent Care's got you covered with clinics all over southeast Louisiana. You don't really need an appointment either. You can just walk right in with your ID and your insurance card. Or you can sign up for their health care partnership. It's like health care layaway. Rapid Urgent Care also has a telemed center just waiting for your call. It may save you a trip. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find out more and to find the clinic nearest you. Okay, so uh, back with uh, former chief meteorologist at WWL-TV, uh, Channel 4 there, Carl Arredondo. How long were you actually there, Carl? A total of 27 and a half years and chief meteorologist about uh, 20, 21 years. That's a long time, dude. Yeah, yeah, it was a long run. I mean, I'm just, I'm just upset that Eric Paulson outlasted me. That's, that's why I'm upset. Oh God, knife in the back. I see. I was talking to somebody else about that. And I said, you know what? Uh, it's, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's all the meteorologists around here would say hunker down. And the thing, uh-huh. every time you say hunker down, you got to take a shot. You know, yeah. and it's oh, like yeah. Eric Paulson would go out and say hunker down just, just to see if you'll do it. You know. It's just, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he baited us a lot, you know, to try and say things, and you know, he was he was uh, my nemesis when I worked with him, and even now we have little exchanges on Twitter, so we still go back and forth with each other. Well, send us some pictures of turtles got hit by the side of the road. Oh, did I say that? Uh, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that. For those of you who don't know, Paulson is a turtle collector. I mean, he ain't got huge turtles. Oh, big big tortoises and such. Yeah. If he could get his hands on a Galapagos, I think he'd like have a have a flutter. Sure. All right. So let's talk. Okay. Laura was huge and ugly and nasty. And uh, correct. They they didn't know exactly where it was going to hit, but it did look like it was going to hit somewhere West Louisiana or Texas. I mean, Katrina was massive. It covered the entire uh, Gulf of Mexico. The storm surge that came on, on with that was just ridiculous i mean we had we had a little house in mississippi and now i have a driveway uh-huh. but uh okay they're going to be rebuilding laura for a while but sally a lot of people were po because the the prediction of where uh laura was going to hit was fairly straight on so somewhere somewhere in the texas louisiana border it was going to smack but sally oh first it was going to walk right up the river and and Man, if a storm comes right up the river, we're screwed. I'm going, no, well, it's got to go a little bit west of the right. river and walk straight up that and parallel it because then it's going to be pushing all that water straight up the river. That's going to be bad. But then it finally ended up really flooding out Alabama and Florida over there, and it just made this this huge, this slow-moving turn. How, how I mean, how do you predict that kind of stuff there? I mean, you, well, you, have to, you know, it, it's just, it seems to me people are bitching about, they want perfection. I know I do, but yeah. you, you can't you can't predict that thing 100%. Well, I'll first say this. The track forecast is so much better from the National Hurricane Center and the computer models than the intensity forecast. The intensity forecasts, they're horrible. So it can be predicting a 2, it ended up being a 1 or a 3 or weakening to a tropical storm. Just now with, the, with Beta, it was expected to be a hurricane when it made landfall. Now it's barely going to be a... A tropical storm, a weak one as it moves in. So the intensity forecast, I say take with a grain of salt. Now with um, Sally, I'm going back to the Saturday advisory, 8 o'clock in the morning. It's near the southern tip of Florida. 
Now, the track forecast, and that's uh, two and a half days out because it made landfall on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it had the cone from uh, Louisiana to Pensacola, Florida. Now, I'm not a proponent of that center line. I hate that center line because too many people focus on that center line. But you look at the initial forecast coming out from the Hurricane Center. Yeah, that's a wide cone, but where it ended up was in that cone. It was uh, near uh, Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, and that's not that's in the cone in that two-and-a-half-day forecast of, of the National Hurricane Center. So, again, I, I just don't like that center line because – Anywhere in that cone is a possibility. When that forecast is made, you got to look at that cone and see where you are in that cone. And that that two-day cone, uh, Pensacola was in it, Orange Beach, New Orleans, yes. So from New Orleans to Pensacola was in that two-day cone. So I, I'm I'm a big proponent of where it's going to go. Yeah, it shifts a little bit, you know, the the track or the cone. But in that first initial forecast you know, the landfall was in that cone. So I think they did a pretty good job. The intensity forecast, of course, varied because at that point it had it coming on shore as a tropical storm. Again, yeah. that intensity forecast, I say, take with a grain of salt, you go a category higher or a category lower is what I used to say on the air a lot of times. So I don't think they did a bad job as far as the track because it was in that general area from southeast Louisiana to the Pensacola area in that initial forecast on Saturday. Yeah, but it's also, like you said, uh, you, the intensity thing, where it's going and the intensity is what determines whether or not we're leaving, okay? For instance, I have a generator, and I live in a raised house. I mean, not raised up high. It's only a couple of feet off right. the ground, but it's, a, you know, the house is 80, 90 years old. It's been through a lot of storms. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's going to have to be a pretty healthy three before I consider leaving. I mean, this house did not flood in Katrina. Water got under it, but it didn't get in it. So I'm not going unless unless it's like severe hurricane. My my wife and, and daughters may go, and then me and my son will stay here and ride it out. But I'm not doing that. But, I mean, there's a lot of people out there. It's like, you know, they they are relying. You got, well, this ain't fair to say, but it's the truth. That people are putting their lives in your hands by saying, Correct. when should Correct. I go? Right. Uh, so, and so when do you, I mean... When should you make the call? If, if you're com you're concerned about the intensity and the strength, how far out now that you can't make this call? You don't have to ride out the storms anymore. Right. You, you can decide whether you're going to pick up and go. When are you going to pick up and go, Carl? Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, like I said, you, you say you're not going to leave unless it's a category what? Just whatever it it's is. Gonna be, it's going to be well into the three. It's not going to be it's not going to be an almost three. It's going to have to be like an almost four before I'm going to take what? See, the, the problem with that is that sir, the intensity forecast is just so up in the air, it may not be forecast to come in as a three, but all of a sudden it intensifies and becomes a four. Then it's too late. You're, 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 it's too late. So unfortunately, you know, you have to make that call. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was ready to leave for Sally once uh, the uh, Saturday forecast showed it coming right at us. And I knew, even though it said a tropical storm, I knew there was no reason why it couldn't intensify more. So I was making plans uh, and, and getting ready to move. Uh, we got uh, rooms in the Baton Rouge because from Lafayette Westwood, there's no rooms to get. Yeah. So I was ready packing up on Saturday, Sunday, watching the weather closely. And then by Monday morning, 4 a.m., and I looked at that advisory, I realized, okay, it's going to stay to our west. You know, I canceled my reservations. But, again, I'm playing 
the uh, guessing game with those intensities. I, I know that if it came at us and it had the chance to intensify more than a tropical storm, I didn't want to be here with all that rain threat. I didn't want to be here with the, the winds and certainly without power. I mean, I, I don't have a generator and I don't want to be, you know, days without, you know, power. So I made the decision that I was going to leave. And of course, I waited till yeah. Monday and Monday was the day to make the move. And when you heard St. Charles evacuation mandatory and you heard northern St. John, I figured, oh, I was starting to get worried that maybe traffic was going to be a little bad trying to get out of town because mm -hmm. of the evacuations. But unfortunately, that intensity forecast, if you see a day, two days ahead, and it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad, that could be a lot different another day and closer yeah. to landfall. It could be exploding. Yeah, that's the scary part about all this. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, it's, a, it's a Russian roulette, unfortunately. It's a, you're, you're taking a chance. Well, just because we live here. You know, and it's yep. like you hear people go, well, I don't do, I don't understand why you live there. Go, dude, there ain't no earthquakes over here. I can tell you that. All my yep. friends in California tell me, God, they just had another 4.6. I'm going, mm -hmm. and you woke up to it, didn't you? We knew it was right. coming days out. So, right. and y'all ain't got crawfish. So what's the point? <laughs> That's true. And, and we can see these storms coming. They can't see the earthquakes coming. You don't see doodly squat, not unless they're watching some Johnny Quest cartoon that can predict uh, I'd love yeah. me some Johnny Quest. Dude, dude, dude. Race Bannon was my man. I wanted to be Race Bannon. I never could do enough sit up to get that flat of stomach. Done. Yeah. Let's talk about all these spaghetti models too. While while okay. Gotcha here. Okay. The European model this, the American model that. You're not one yeah. for following the center line. The cone is it. But some of those cones, some of those spaghettis, they're all over the place. That makes me want to go. Why are y'all even bothering to put, I mean, how many different spaghettis are there out there? Is there some of them some linguinis or angel hands? I'll, yeah. I'll always hear you referring to the European model. What is that and why, I mean, are they just that accurate or what? Well, the European and the GFS are global models, meaning they take into account everything that's happening across the world, which, is, which are the main forecast models that most of us use. A lot of the other models you see on those, uh, what I, I hate to call them spaghetti plots because I just hate that term. But all those other models that you show are variations of hurricane models, variations of the global models. They have they have ensemble models, which is a combination of several. So there are a lot of models that are looked at. And what you generally look at and what the Hurricane Center looks at is for the consensus. Where are all the models agreeing on? Where's the main track? And you're going to see the cone pretty much follows a lot of those consensus models. So when you overlay, and I've seen some uh, broadcasters do that, they overlay the cone and the, um, all those models, and you can kind of get an idea. When the Hurricane Center makes their cone, they're looking at all those models together, and that center line may be in the middle of where they're all agreeing. And that's mm -hmm. why you see these shifts. Every time all those computer models come out before the National Hurricane Center forecast, you can kind of get an idea. Well, they're probably going to shift that a little bit more to the east, and Sure enough, when their forecast comes out, you see it shifting a little more to the east. So Hurricane Center is using all that those models as well as what we're looking at, but they're the ones responsible for making that final forecast that we all rely on. But again, they're looking at the, all the same computer models that everybody looks at on their home computers. So, so I can pull this information. See, that's me too. You know, my wife, uh, my wife found. Well, I have an antenna. I don't really have cable anymore. I just I have right. an antenna and Firestorm or whatever they call that thing. And uh, Fire Stick, yeah. Yeah, Fire Stick. You know, yeah. you rub two sticks together and you got TV. Yep. But we, you know, you you find something and you put the antenna up and you find the local channels and it's like, 
once they start cranking it out 24 7 you, you're almost glued to the set like a bad soap opera or something sure me sure. I, I gotta look where's the thing okay okay mm -hmm. it's the eight o'clock it's the eight o'clock update uh okay and five minutes before the eight o'clock they're talking about it and then five minutes okay well then we're gonna get a new update at eight o'clock well then you know Show me yeah. the bunny rabbit story, man. <laughs> yeah. Have something happy. If you're going to change your stuff coming up in five minutes, don't even tell me about it. I want to see. Give me the latest. And then I turn the TV off. When's the next forecast? Two more hours? I'll come back in two hours and see what you can say. Right. But, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, though, once we're under some sort of tropical storm warning, hurricane warning, and your coverage continues, and you only have so much new information in that time besides satellites and radars that show all those computer models, they don't update, you know, for th uh, three to six hours. Uh, Hurricane Center forecast, you know, you're going to get a new track at uh, 10 a.m., 4 p.m., yeah. 10 uh, p.m. also. So you know when you're going to get those official tracks that are the main ones that we all look at and wait for when we when we watch TV or wait for the Hurricane Center to update their site. So, yeah, unfortunately, it is a lot of repeating, but uh, there's just so much information and people don't watch at the same time. So you got to keep showing the information when people tune in at different yeah. times. That's so. why I got to keep saying, hey, we're talking to Carl Arredondo here. On the <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, I got to keep saying that because people are tuning in. Uh, the difference is, though, um, we've been through so many storms. That's why I can do this. I mean, first storm when I was a little kid and the, and the weather came on, dude, I was glued to it. I mean, I stayed up all night long. Now, I grew up in Gonzales, so we were watching mm -hmm. Channel 9 out of uh, Baton Rouge. That's what okay. So, yeah, 2 o'clock in the morning, everybody else is sleeping, not me, babe. I'm up watching what's the brunt, what's the thing. Uh, you know, I was ready to wake everybody up if the roof started peeling back. Sure, absolutely. But, and I was I was that way as a kid, too. I watched all the TV weather uh, people in San Antonio growing up. So I was a big, you know, weather geek in, in an early age, and it's still that way, too. I'm, I'm, I still watch, and I watch the daily newscasts and the weather each day as well so I'm, I'm yeah still, but the difference I'm, is the difference is though carl you get to sit there and go wow that was a stupid way to say that you should have said <laughs> well <laughs> maybe you should be giving like lectures on uh, how how not to be a goober when you're predicting the weather that would be a no well let's just say i watch the the uh, ones that i i would rather watch so let's just say <laughs> that so uh, i'm fine watching the people that i i want to watch so. well there it is Arredondo, former chief meteorologist at Channel 4 WWL, 27 and a half years. Now he's moved on uh, because of uh, something that was beyond his control, but he's not letting it get him down. He's, he's taking advantage of what uh, life's dealt him, and he's trying to do what he's always done and help other people. Carl, I really appreciate you taking the time because I know how busy you are. All right, Spud, I appreciate it. It's always good catching up to you, and I'll see you at the local market at some point again. I'll be there, baby. You know me. I'm stocking <laughs> up for the next storm. Don't know if you'll be able to even go to the dome or get anywhere near the dome. Rizzuto's Ristorante and Shop House says bring your tailgating to us. That's right. Rizzuto's will be open for every Saints game, home and away, one hour before kickoff. Right on the corner of Flirtily and Harrison. You can watch all the football you want al dente from the new covered deck inside the main dining room or have a private party all to yourselves. Reserve your seat by calling 504-300-1804. 504-300-1804. Watch the Saints in Lakeview at Rizzuto's Ristorante and Chop House.
Okay, so uh, that's wrapping up uh, episode three here of the Spudcast podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we go, here's your moron moment. Uh, apparently, this uh, woman on Snapchat decided that it would be so cool to uh, video herself hanging out a car window going 110 miles an hour. And she even said to herself, I'm, I'm going to end up dead doing this. Well, guess what? Hanging out the car window at 110 miles an hour. She basically predicted her own demise. That's it for the Spudcast. Thanks for joining us here again. You can find me on Red Circle. Uh, you can find me on Spotify. You can find this podcast on uh, iHeart, Public Radio, Google, soon to be on your favorite podcast platform, and on my Facebook page, Spuds, Friends, and Fan. Till next time, we're going to talk to uh, Glenn Pete, filmmaker Glenn Pete, Sir Glenn Pete, knighted by the French government, him and his films and his new novel that are coming out. In the meantime, y'all be safe, be good. I'll see you later, but I'm a gone pecone.